0: I hope you enjoyed your time of fellowship, enjoyed the treats. I hope you grabbed some apples to take home, some cherry tomatoes, some cucumbers. we got all kinds of stuff to bless you with today. Amen. God is good. All the time. God is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we have an opportunity for you to give to Tupelo Children's Mansion. Um, we have begun accepting the offerings for the $25 gift cards for Walmart to give to the kids. And in the past, we have done a phenomenal job. We've been able, I think, 30 or 40 kids that we've been able to bless at Christmas time. So you have this opportunity until December 3rd. That will be our final opportunity to give for that. All right, this Saturday, the 16th is the men's prayer. I don't know if you can read that. It's kind of dark, but uh, at 8 a.m., please be here. And, you know, iron sharpeneth iron. You hear that all the time. If you don't come, you can't encourage others. You can't get yourself encouraged. So be here. (laughs) Pastor says you're dull if you're not here. (laughs) All right. Also on September 16th is the ladies' meeting at 10 a.m. We are going to be covering the chapter on Eve. So be caught up on that and be ready to discuss. Let's be active participants. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. The next up is a youth rally, September 29th in Whitehall. This is less than an hour away, so it's an awesome opportunity for us to go it's not going to be that much of a hardship to go Um, we'll be able to get there on time and we'll get home at a reasonable time so please mark your calendars to be able to go to the youth rally on the 29th in Whitehall. also mark your calendars for october 7th we will have our youth and hyphen game night it'll be here at the church from six to nine bring your favorite snack to share All right, the final thing, save the date. We've talked about All Nations Sunday, which is on October 22nd this year. And we are going to do something different. We are actually going to take our church over to Whitehall, and we're going to be in service with that uh, congregation there. Uh, That is a Spanish-speaking congregation. They will offer translation for us. We're going to do bilingual service. We're going to have bilingual worship. So please be there. That's at noon, and we'll give more details. Um, but be thinking about if you have any cultural um, clothing, that you know, from your culture, whether it be German or Irish or whatever, Norwegian, if you have anything cultural, wear that. The uh, congregation in Whitehall is going to be wearing some of their cultural clothing as well. And any cultural food, um, anything to represent the culture that, you know, your background. We're going to have a good time there. We're going to have service. We're going to have fellowship. It's going to be amazing. Hallelujah. All right, let's worship.
1: in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb are your garments spotless are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the Lamb are you walking daily by the Savior's side are you washed in the blood of the Lamb do Rest each moment in the crucified. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion's bright? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the lamb. Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? are your garments spotless are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the lamb hallelujah if you are baptized you are washed in his blood your sin stains are gone hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah thank you lord Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that cleansing blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is power. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonderful. Power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? For a cleansing to Calvary's tide There's wonderful power in the blood There is power, power Wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power Wonder-working power in the precious blood of the lamb would you be whiter much whiter than snow there's power in the blood power in the blood sin stains are lost in its life giving flow there's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power, the precious. Blood of the Lamb Would you do service for Jesus your King There's power in the blood Power in the blood Would you live daily His praises to sing There's wonderful power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb hallelujah thank you lord thank you for that power hallelujah (coughs) hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. THE MIGHTY GOD IS JESUS, THE PRINCE OF PEACE IS HE, THE EVERLASTING FATHER, THE KING ETERNALLY, THE WONDERFUL IN WISDOM BY WHOM ALL THINGS WERE MADE, THE FULLNESS OF THE GODHEAD IN JESUS IS DISPLAYED. IT'S ALL IN HIM, IT'S ALL IN HIM. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. Emmanuel, God with us, Jehovah, Lord of hosts, the omnipresent Spirit who fills the universe. The Advocate, the High Priest, the Lamb for sinners slain. The Author of Redemption, O oh, glory to His name. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him mighty god is jesus and it's all in him the alpha and omega beginning and the end the living word incarnate the helpless sinners friend our wisdom and perfection our righteousness and power Yea, all we need in Jesus, we find this very hour, it's all in Him, it's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him, it's all in Him, it's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in him. Our God for whom we've waited will be the glad refrain of Israel recreated when Jesus comes again. Lo, he will come and save us, our king and priest to be For in Him dwells all fullness, and Lord of all is He. It's all in Him, it's all in Him, the fullness of the Godhead, it's all in Him, it's all in Him, it's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. The Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the living Word incarnate, the helpless sinner's friend. Our wisdom and perfection, our righteousness and power, Yea, all we need in Jesus, we find this very hour, it's all in Him, it's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him, it's all in Him, it's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. Hallelujah.
2: Praise God, and we worship Him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We worship Him whom the fullness of the Godhead is wrapped up in, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the King. He is Lord. He is God of all things. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We praise You. We laud and we magnify You, Thou Most High God. It is You that suffered on a cross and died in our place. You spilt Your blood, Your holy, precious blood in my place. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are all. You are all in all. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our ever-present help, our exceeding great reward. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You today. We worship the King of kings. We worship the Lord our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for your presence in our lives and in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your manifest presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for our relationship with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. You've given me your name in water baptism. You've given me the earnest of my inheritance, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the hope of everlasting life with you. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your excellent loving kindness. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do, have done, will do in our lives. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What an awesome God. What an awesome God you are. What a glorious God you are. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to find you today. Help us to be found of you today. Help us to enter into your presence. Help us to hear your voice. To feel your touch. Oh, hallelujah. We love you. We love the Lord our God. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity you've given us today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Speak to your people today, I pray. Speak to them directly. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of worship, church. He's worthy of all praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We give ourselves wholly and completely unto You. You alone are worthy, Lord Jesus, to receive all worship and all praise, all blessing, all glory, all honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the only one worthy to open the Lamb's Book of Life. You are the only one worthy to sit on the throne. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We worship You. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He's a glorious God. He sits upon the throne, church. He sits upon the throne. His decrees go forth. They will be obeyed. All of creation obeys His voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve. He can do all things. And in Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Praise God. What an awesome revelation to get that Jesus Christ is God. He is the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of the New Testament. He is God, and God alone. Praise God. Amen. Our scripture text today will be found in Genesis 19 and verse 16. Genesis 19 and verse 16. Thank you for waiting on God, church. Thank you for responding to His presence. Amen. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 16 says this, While he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, speaking of Lot, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And we'll speak for the remainder of our time on this topic, Lot, the man who lingered. Lot, the man who lingered. Lord Jesus, we come to you one more time and ask your blessing upon this message, upon your word, upon uh, your people today, those present within the sound of my voice, that your hand would be upon them for good, that you would pronounce a blessing upon them, thou most high God, and that you would meet every need and that you would minister to every situation today, I pray that our needs our needs would be met in you. Let your name be glorified in this and these things we ask in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. If you were at all curious, uh, yes, these are the end times. Uh, Jesus is coming back soon. I don't have a day or an hour for you, and thank God for that, because then I'd be a crazy man. But uh, we we don't know the day or the hour, but we can read the signs of the times, can't we? And we understand that the times are drawing to a close. This dispensation, this dispensation of grace is drawing to a close. The things that we are going to do for God, we must do quickly. Amen. We don't know how long we have individually. We don't know how long we have corporately. The times and seasons are His to declare, and once they are declared, they will not change. Once the door to the ark is shut, it remains shut. Amen. Once the church is gone, raptured, that's it. It's done. And if we're found tarrying, if we're found resting in Zion, if we're found uh, on our laurels, as it were, rejoicing in the great things that God did, rejoicing in the wonderful things that God has done for us in the past, remembering those things that God did in yesteryear, and doing nothing today, doing little today, we understand that we are going to give an account for that. Because there are things that need to happen today. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Not yesterday. Yesterday was awesome. Yesterday was wonderful. The things that God did for me in the past, I rejoice over them and I thank God for them. But that was in the past. That was yesterday. God is not a God of, the, of yesterday. He's a God of today. And I want to see God do greater things today. Amen. And I think God wants to do greater things today. Than he did yesterday. In Luke chapter 17, verses 27 and 28, we read this. This is Jesus speaking. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. They were going on with their lives. They were living lives. They were taking care of responsibilities. They had families to raise. They had a job to get to. They had bills to pay. They were just taking care of business. They were taking care of life, just like you and I do. And those things are good and necessary. We need to pay the bills. Okay? We need to go to our jobs. If you've signed up to receive a paycheck from someone, you better go there and work. I mean, that's just common sense. Uh, Don't be surprised if you don't have a job, if you keep not showing up. I mean, that's... That seems like it would be reasonable. It, it is to me, but, but for some people, they're, they're flabbergasted by that. I haven't been to work in a week. I haven't called, and what do you mean I don't have a job? I work here. You said I had a job. Uh, We've got to take care of our responsibilities, folks. But our greatest responsibility that we must take care of is to the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest responsibility we have as Christians, as the people of God, is that we must take care of our spiritual responsibilities. And I pray today that those responsibilities begin, if they haven't already, to weigh on us just a little bit. That we'd feel the weight of that on our shoulders. I have a responsibility to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a responsibility to this generation for what I have received. I have received something awesome. I have received the revelation of who God is. It's all in Him. I've received that revelation. I understand who Jesus Christ is. I've received the blood of Jesus, His forgiveness. I've received the gift of His Holy Spirit, the earnest of my inheritance. I've received His name in water baptism. I've been entrusted. I've been made a repository of spiritual truth. He's given me revelation as to what the Word of God is. I have a responsibility to this generation. I have a responsibility to my co-workers, to my family. I have a responsibility. And if I'm found lingering, if I'm found just taking care of these things and that's it, if I'm found just wandering around, just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing, when Jesus comes back, if I'm not in the field working, if I'm not found working, folks, I don't want Jesus to find me like that. I don't want Jesus to find me sitting at ease in Zion. I don't, want, I don't want Jesus to find me sitting on a pew, sitting on my lazy boy, doing nothing. Because He's given me so much. In the days of Noah, they were just taking care of business. Oblivious. Not oblivious. To the fact that judgment was coming. They lived as if they were oblivious, but they knew. They heard the preaching of Noah. They heard and they understood that there's coming a flood. And it's going to wipe everything out. Noah told them. Now they could choose to believe it or not. They could choose to do whatever they wanted with it. And they did. Obviously, they decided to ignore it. Just move on with life. That's not important. This is important. My job is important. My relationships aren't important. All those things are important, folks. Don't get me wrong. But they cannot supersede the spiritual. They cannot be allowed to supersede my relationship with Jesus Christ, my ministry, what He has called us to do. I cannot do that. If I must sacrifice relationships to take care of God's business, then that's what I have to do. Let the chips fall where they may. My wife and I have both agreed that if one of us backslides... We're going to move on. We're, keeping, we're going to keep going forward with Jesus Christ. With you or without you. And that's the right thing to do. I'm not serving Jesus because my wife is. She's not serving Jesus because I am. Praise God. They went right up to the day before. The day before the flood came. The day before the door was shut, nothing, no response. Noah kept preaching, put the finishing touches on the ark, whatever needed to be done, nothing, no response. You've been doing this for 120 years, dude. You've probably got another week anyway. They didn't have another day, and they didn't know it. And when the ark came, I imagine, I can imagine there was a lot of knocking on the the walls of the ark. I can imagine that people were trying to bust that thing down, trying to get in. But it was too late. It was shut. It had been open for 120 years. It had been open for those who would. That was it. You don't need to live a certain way. You don't need to do anything but take one step into the ark. That's it. That was the plan of salvation. And they couldn't do even that. It wasn't important enough to them. Jesus goes down in verse 32 and says, Remember Lot's wife. You remember Lot, right? Lived in Sodom until God's judgment rained down and destroyed that wicked city. Do you know why Sodom was destroyed? It wasn't for homosexuality. Ezekiel 16.49 tells us, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her, and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Amen. Amen. That's why Sodom was destroyed. And at the request of righteous Abram, if they would have been found ten righteous individuals, the city would have been spared. As I read the account, I don't think he found one. Abraham was depending on Lot and his family to be standing up for righteousness, for holiness, for godliness. But they had made their home in Sodom. They pitched their camp towards Sodom. He sat in the gate at Sodom. Raised his family in Sodom. His friends were in Sodom. and when judgment was imminent Lot lingered took his own sweet time even had the aura of one that mocked when the angels were telling him we've got to leave judgment is coming haste get get ready get your family let's go and he mocked and he made fun of And he lingered, drug his feet, just like people do. He dragged their feet. Uh, He didn't want to leave. This was his home. This was what he knew. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. I want to stay here. Yeah, I'm comfortable here. We've said in other messages that in the life of every Christian is going to come a call to leave that, to leave the comfortable, to go forward into the will and direction of God. That's got to happen. There's got to be a separation of some kind. Lot needed to separate him, Abraham needed to separate himself from Lot. Now Lot needs to separate himself from Sodom, and he can't do it. And if given the choice, he would never have left he would have stayed right there while the fire fell. He lingered. drug his feet. Didn't want to go. Didn't want to move. When it was time for decisive action, he couldn't pull the trigger. I think there are times in everyone's lives where You encounter a great big decision with a lot of ramifications, and that's a little bit scary. It's hard to pull the trigger. Buying a new house, spending a lot of money, that's a big decision. Moving somewhere, that's a big decision. You want to think that through. You don't want to just, yeah, okay, that looks good. Let's pull the trigger. But when it's time for decisive action, folks, when it's time to pull the trigger, let's pull the trigger. When it's time to move, let's move. This was definitely time to move. Judgment was coming, judgment was imminent. It was definitely time to to pull the trigger, to cut your ties, to do whatever you need to do, and get out. Judgment is coming. He lingered when his godly uncle was praying for him and his family. There was intercession going up for him. He was oblivious. Utterly oblivious. Heavenly messengers messengers were urging him to go. He had angels there in the room with him. Speaking with him. Probably pushing him a little bit. Get out. Let's go. Let's move trying to instill some kind of haste, some kind of urgency in the man. But there was nothing there. No desire. If that wasn't enough, surely impending judgment would be enough to get the guy to move a little bit. Nope. Not even... When told of God's judgment, he knew better, folks. He knew better than to stay there. Why did Lot linger? He made a wrong choice early in life, didn't he? Genesis 13, 5-11 details that for us. And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, I'll go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. It goes on to say, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Amen. So a couple things here. When given the choice, he chose the well-watered plains. This is going to be good for me. This is going to be good for my business. This is going to be good for my relationships. This is going to, this is going to advance me. This is going to promote me. I'm going to get rich because of this. Yeah, but Sodom was right there, Lot. There was no indication in Lot's life that he had any inkling, any thought whatsoever about spiritual things. None. I see nothing in his life in Scripture or he gave one iota of thought, any inkling, any, any clue about spiritual things. He saw the well-watered plains, and that was it. I don't care that Sodom's there. That is irrelevant to me. When we make decisions, folks, any decision, We have got to consider, first and foremost, our spiritual responsibilities. We have got to consider, first and foremost, what does God desire in my life? General things and specific things. General things. Am I adhering to Scripture? Am I adhering to the commandments of God? Am I pleasing Him in the way that I'm living? Am I pleasing Him with the way that I'm dressing, speaking, acting? Am I pleasing Him with my choices and my decisions? Those are general things. Those are things we all need to consider. The specific things are, God has a plan for my life. Am I moving forward in that plan? God has a ministry for me. Am I moving forward in that? Am I doing what I need to do to get to where God wants me to be? Those are my specific responsibilities. I've got to consider those first before I consider... Well, Palm Springs seems like a great place to live. It's warm all year long. Aruba. I would love to live in Aruba. Never have to worry about a snowflake again. I'd be warm. I can always turn the air on. I can turn a fan on. Everyone says, you can bundle up. Yeah, yeah I've done that. I'm so cold. I can I can, I can get cooler. I can get cooler. I can go out in a breeze, but uh but there are other considerations than my comfort, isn't there? That's why I'm still up here in the north because God doesn't at least he's not letting me go to Aruba. yeah, Brother sister Duth, you know what I'm talking about. We tried to go to North Carolina. That was a dumpster fire. Out of the will of God. I came came back up here with my tail between my legs. Learned my lesson. Quite a bit poorer for it. But uh, I don't ever again want to go against the will of God. <coughs> those things that God has called us to do, folks, those things that God desires to do in us and through us, don't we want to see those things happen? But do we want to see them happen even if it costs us something? Even if it costs us everything? Do we want to see God move? If God would use me like He uses Brother Lee Stone King or or you know, some great preacher, great man of God. Uh, if God would use me like like He uses this guy or that guy, is that something that we would be interested in? It's something I would be interested in. Well, the thing is, He wants to. The thing is, these things aren't relegated to, to Lee Stone King. These things aren't relegated to G.A. Mangan. They're relegated to every child of God. That's who they're relegated to. The only thing is, as I see it, I haven't yet paid the price that Lee Stone King has paid. I haven't yet paid the price that G.A. Mangan paid. If I would pay the price, I would see the results. And as the end times approach, church, as the end times approach, And time draws nigh. The ark is just about to be shut. The floods are just about to come. Sodom is just about to be rained on. What price would I not be willing to pay to see an end time revival? What price would I not be willing to pay to see God use me to bring souls into the church? To disciple souls into ministry, into Christ likeness. I'm speaking to many people today that have done great and wonderful things for God, that have sacrificed mightily for God. I recognize that. I don't know all the specifics, but I understand that a lot of you, a lot of you worked with your hands, you sweat, you cried, to build what we have here today. I will never diminish aught from any of that. We're here today because of You. Amen. But respectfully, that was the past. God did great things in the past. God did wonderful things through all of us, through you guys in the past. But God is desiring to do even more today. Even more again tomorrow. And although I rejoice for what God has done in this congregation. I do. Those stories are amazing. What God did. I want to see what God has yet to do. I want to see what God wants to do yet moving forward. Amen. And I think all of you do too. I think you all do. That's why I'm saying this. God's not done using you yet. God wants to do even more through you. He's not done He's not done using anybody here. No. He still wants to use each and every one of us. Yes. I know some of us are a little bit older, a little bit more tired perhaps, sore. I understand that. God understands that. But He can still use all, every single one of us in some way. Amen. Don't tie God's hands. Let Him... Let Him set you loose. Let Him set you loose into His will. Amen. uh, Lot couldn't leave Sodom because Sodom was home. That's all he considered. Many today are lingering just like Lot. There are people that we know in church and out They know more truth than they live. We all know that simply knowing it isn't enough. Satan knows the Word of God better than I do. It's not going to do anything for him. Knowing isn't enough. Knowing is free, folks. It's free. It doesn't cost anyone anything. Doing. Doing the Word of God. That's where the power is. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. That's where the power is, folks, when we apply it. But that's where the cost is, too. That's when we start paying a price for following Jesus Christ. People that believe in heaven but don't long for it. I don't get that. They're thinking of the same heaven that I'm thinking of. I don't understand that. They can't they can't be considering the heaven that I'm considering. They can't be thinking of the same place that I'm thinking of. Because the place I'm thinking of is is the place where Jesus Christ dwells. The place that I'm thinking of is I'm going to see him face to face. I'm going to get to speak with him. I'm going to get to, to feel the, the nail prints. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to ask him questions and, and just delight myself in his presence. What could compare? What is there here on earth that could compare to that? There's nothing here, folks. There's nothing here. It's all going to burn anyway. Whatever I do, whatever edifice I rise to, to, to my own glory... It's going to be dust and ash. I remember, uh, I don't know if it was part of a story or an actual thing, but there was this huge ruin, and uh, the archaeologist dug it up and he found an inscription there in some forgotten language. They were able to translate it, and it said, Raised in honor to King Asmodeus or something like that, Asmidius, to his glory and to his honor, may he live forever, stuff like that. And it was it was completely in ruins. It was completely buried. No one knew who this guy was. He was completely and utterly forgotten. He probably had some great kingdom sometime but today forgotten. They believe in heaven, but don't long for it. Folks, I long for heaven. I long to go home. I want to go home. Amen. Again, I'm not suicidal. As uh, long as the Lord keeps me here, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep living for God. I'm going to keep doing His will. And I'm going to rejoice in that. But man, I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to enter into my reward. I can't wait to exchange this armor and this sword for robes of righteousness. Amen. They know time is short, but live as if they had their whole lives. We all know in our minds that we're not promised tomorrow. We all know intellectually that young die just as well as the old, they drown. They get into accidents. Young don't die of old age. Generally don't die of sickness or disease, although some do. Generally it's an accident of some kind. But they do die. They're just as mortal as any one of us are. When I was young, I remember when I was in uh, jump school. I was on fire duty, fire guard duty. And I I was trying to pass the time trying to stay awake. Like two in the morning, and uh I was keeping awake by uh planning out my future. I was planning out my future I was gonna do four years in the army, then I was gonna go to college for four years and and uh I had everything i had everything planned out by the by the time I was relieved, I had my whole future planned out. I got as far as the four years in the army that's that's about as far as that took me <coughs> but uh How did I know that I had all that time? I just knew I did. I just knew it. I'm not going to die until I'm 150. I don't know that. I may hope that. I may think that, believe that. I don't know that. I could die today crossing the street. I could keel over of a brain aneurysm. I don't have my whole life. I'm going to plan as if I have my whole life, but I need to live as if I'm going today. I can't live any other way because I don't know. People build their lives around things below, just like Lot did. They value the temporal and disdain the eternal. We all know people like that. None of that's real anyway. It's just what I can touch and see and smell and taste. That's real. Do you know that? Or do you believe that? They're going to say they know it, but they can't know that, can they? They've got to believe that. And we know it's not true. If the Word of God is true, that's not true. That would get us off onto another thing. The eternal is real. The spiritual is the that that which will last. The temporal is called that for a reason. It's temporary. It's temporary. Just like Brother Shepard's hold on his iPad. <laughs> it's temporary. <laughs> Uh, It's all good. The eternal is real. That's what's real. The temporal is going to burn. All of this is going away. This is going away. That's going to be great. I'm going to have hair in heaven. (laughs) And no one's going to care. but this is all gone. It's all gone. We're going to use it while we need it, but it's temporary. Don't place your hope in it. Don't value it above that which it is. Value spiritual things. Value eternal things. Treasure in heaven. Things that I do for the Lord. Value those things. Value my relationship with God. That's what I need to place my stock in. So when I'm making decisions and when I'm going forward with my life, that's the first thing I consider. What are my spiritual responsibilities? What are my obligations? These things don't matter. They matter short term. Pay bills, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, buy food.
0: <clears throat>
2: but they don't matter long term. Not at all. But the long term is so far away. The long term is like way out there. The short term, these are immediate things. These are needs that are screaming in my ear all the time. I got bill people needing money. I got food that needs to, to go in the cupboard. I got this to do. I got that to do. It's always screaming at me, right in my face. And it's hard sometimes to push that away and focus on the spiritual. But that's what we have to do, folks. Because that's what we value. That's where our heart is. That's where our treasure is. Is in the spiritual. They understand the battle, but consort with the enemy. And this might be more applicable to those in church. We know that we're in a battle. We understand that. We're in a spiritual war. But again, we don't, we don't fight. We just roll over and sew our belly. We roll over and sew our neck. These things ought not so to be. We're not called to give in to the enemy. We're not called to acquiesce to the enemy. If I just give him a little bit of ground, he'll go away. Don't believe that for one second. Have any of you had kids? <laughs> You know that's not true. (laughs) When I was growing up, man, if I could get a yes out of my parents, that wouldn't send me away at all. That would embolden me. I can get another one for sure. We've got to fight. We don't consort with the enemy. We don't speak with the enemy. We battle the enemy. We fight the enemy. The enemy has nothing for us to hear has nothing to give us, get rid of them. Kill them off. Chase them away. Do not consort with the enemy. We fight the enemy. They say that they love Jesus, but they don't live for Him. I get this a lot. You probably do too. Yeah, they love they love God, they just have a problem with obedience. That's the first thing I thought of. The pastor's wife told me that one time. Sister Becker knows who I'm talking about. The pastor's wife told me that about someone one time. Oh, they love God. They they love Jesus, they just have a problem with obedience. Uh, I didn't say anything, it was the pastor's wife, but I'm like uh what? <laughs> If you love me, keep my commandments? Where does that fall in there? If you love Christ, you're going to live for Him. If you love Christ, you're going to do everything you can to please Him. Folks, we've got to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've got to love the Lord our God completely. First and foremost, everything has to be dedicated to Him. There is no room for giving God second place in any area. He's got to have first place in every area. I can't say I love Him and not obey Him. I cannot say I love God and not do what He what pleases Him. Now, even, even in our lingering state, even in our... Uh, Unmade-up mind, even when we're directionless and we we really don't know what to do or what we're supposed to be doing to move forward. Even in that state, God can keep us from destruction. Like God sent angelic messengers to Lot to save him and his family from destruction, so God sends people out into the world with the gospel. That's you and me. We have the gospel. And the gospel is powerful. It is so powerful. It's not just uh John 3:16. That's a powerful verse. But I mean it's it's so used now. Most people who aren't in church know that verse, and they don't think about it. It's just That's nice. I got to I got to get supper ready. but the Gospel has the power to save. Not just spiritually, although that's the most important. It can save physically. It can save emotionally. It can deliver from any bondage, any sickness, any disease, any abnormality, any emotional trauma, any healing that I need done inside as well as out. It takes care of that. I know because He healed me. I know it for a fact. I see it in the Word of God, but I've experienced it myself. He's healed my body. He's healed my mind. He's healed my spirit. He's taken care of the complete package. Amen. He can do it for you, He can do it for anyone. So, as we see the end times approaching, let's not linger. Let's not linger around. Let's not just shuffle our feet and, and there is a cause, folks. There is a cause. Romans 13:11 says, "And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed." I know we've been hearing this our whole lives. Jesus is coming soon. We've heard it our whole lives. But Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. If we are asleep, it's time to wake up. If we're lingering, it's time to get focused. 2 Corinthians 6, two says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. Now. Not even today. Now. Right now. Is the day of salvation. God would... God would have us acquire some urgency, I think. Would have me acquire some urgency in what I do for Him. There is a time of preparation. We all understand that. But then there's a time to act. Time for preparation is drawing to a close, church. Very soon it will be time to take action. Very soon we will be moving forward. Amen. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. Because, like I said in the first message, it could take years, it could take decades of preparation to bring someone to where they need to be. But once they're where they need to be, it happens in a day, it happens in an instant. We're catapulted, we're thrust into the will of God. And I believe that's going to happen here as well. We don't know how long the the door of the ark will stay open. We don't know how long we have. But while it's open, while it's open, folks, we're going to do everything we can to get people in. We can't tie them up and drag them in. If we could, it'd be easy. Just buy some equipment, some tranks, and and we'll get them in here. But uh, we can't do that. doesn't work like that. But God will help us. God will prepare us and make us ready. We all have different ministries. We all have different callings. We're going to be expected to do different things. But when we operate as a harmonious body, everyone doing their part, everyone fulfilling their ministry, folks, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing to see what God does through that. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. But let's not linger. If you don't feel like you are where you need to be, now's the time to correct that. Now's the time to get to the place where God wants you to be. If you feel, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Rejoice in that. It's okay to feel like that if it's true. okay to be ready. But if you're not, we have time yet to get ready. But let's not linger. We're not promised tomorrow. He might come back tomorrow. And I'm still not ready. We have an awesome, awesome responsibility. But we also, because of that, We have awesome, awesome authority to discharge those responsibilities. We have received that from the King of Kings. We have authority to tread on serpents. We have authority to step on demons and devils, to step on their neck, to proclaim the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's all of us be about our Father's business. Let's all stand. The altar is open. If you feel so inclined to utilize it, uh, if you want to stay at your pew and pray, that's fine too. But let's let's spend some time in the presence of God. Let's speak with Jesus Christ. Let's let Him speak with us. Amen. I'm done. My mouth is dry. They say when the spit's done, the preacher's done. So I'm done. <clears throat> but let's get, let's get in contact with God. Let's let Him speak with us individually. We've heard corporately from the Lord. Now hear individually. Ask Him if you're ready, if you're not sure. If you are sure one way or the other, ask Him to direct you from this point. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. I am so thankful for You. I am so thankful, Lord Jesus, that although this is Your kingdom and You are sovereign, that You have made places for each of us. You have given us purpose. Jobs, if You will, in Your kingdom that we can accomplish for You. That You'll accomplish through us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to take those things seriously. Those callings, those giftings, those ministries that You have given each and every one of us. You're not done with any one of us yet. We're still here. We're still breathing Your air. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would use us more mightily now than You ever have in the past. That You would open our eyes of faith. Give us clarity, I pray. Give us a vision as to what You're desiring to do in us and through us. I pray in Jesus' name that You would release us that You would set us loose. Give us liberty, I pray, spiritual liberty to accomplish all of Your heart's desire. I pray, O God, that something would click in us today. If it hasn't already, that something would click. Oh, this is what You mean. Oh, this is what You desire. Oh, this is what You want me to do. I pray in Jesus' name that You would open our eyes of faith. Open our eyes. Give us clarity, I pray. Give us understanding. Give us revelation of what You're desiring to do in our lives. And I pray in Jesus' name that once we receive that revelation, that we would do whatever we need to do to prepare, but once prepared, Lord, that You would release us, that You would send us forth in the name of Jesus Christ with power and with great authority to accomplish all of Your will. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus! We're not spiritual paupers. We're not beggars. We're not on life support. You are the King of kings. This is Your kingdom. This is the kingdom of God we're talking about. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your kingdom will come. Your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I pray, O God, that we would be instrumental in that. That You would use each child of God that You would use each child of God, use everyone within the sound of my voice, I pray. Bind us together as one, as one body. Help us, Thou Most High God, to accomplish Your will as one body, corporately, every part working together, every part working harmoniously with the others. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're not all responsible for one thing. We're each responsible for everything. And I pray, O God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we take care of our responsibilities and my brother takes care of his responsibilities and my sister takes care of her responsibilities, that the body of Christ would move forward in power and in authority, that the glory of God would be manifest. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're excited. We're excited for what You're about to do. We're excited for the great things that are in store for us. We're excited for what You're desiring to do in us and through us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to keep our eyes on the prize. Help us to keep our eyes on You, the Lord our God, Jesus Christ Himself. Help us, Lord Jesus, to keep our eyes fixed on You, to see You through the storm, to see You in our present circumstance and situation. Even when these immediate needs are screaming in our ear, help us, Lord Jesus, to to set those aside and stay focused on You. Help us, Lord Jesus, to never deviate from the pattern that You've given us, to never deviate from the plan that You've established in us. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, a blessing upon Your people, a blessing upon this congregation. I am so thankful. I give honor where honor is due, Lord Jesus. I am so thankful that through their submission and through their obedience and through their desire to sacrifice (coughs) the great things that You've accomplished through Your people here, Through these individuals here in times past, I'm so thankful for that. All the greater these things that you are about to do. All the more wondrous these things that you are about to accomplish in those same individuals. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We worship you because it's you who fights our battles. We worship you because it's by your power and by your authority that we can do anything at all. Hallelujah Jesus. Oh hallelujah Jesus, we delight ourselves in you. If we do love you, we will obey you. If we do love you, we will seek to please you. Oh Hallelujah Jesus. Hallelujah Jesus. Speak with your people today, I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, speak with them, thou Most High God. Give us specific direction today, I pray. Give us specific information as to where we're at in you, where we need to go in you, and how to get there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I know when we hear a message like this, God wants to do great things. God wants to do this and that and the other through me. I know there can be a tendency, especially if we're we're not here where we need to be, if we don't understand how the Lord views us and sees us. There's a tendency to, yeah, maybe for them, but... Not for me. Maybe for that individual, but not me. Yes, you. Yes, you. He created you in the same image that He created me, him, her, everyone else. He loves you just as much as He loves him, her, everyone else. He has purpose and a desire to use you just like He does everyone else. So please don't think that. Don't let the enemy get away with speaking to you like that. That is from the enemy. That's not from God. God would never speak to you like that. The way God would speak to you is, I want to use you. I love you. I created you with purpose and with reason. I have a plan for your life. That's the Lord speaking to you. Anything other than that, Get rid of it, flush it down the toilet, run from it. It has no place in your life, it has no place in the plan of God. Amen. God wants to use every person here. Every person here. And I can see who's here. He wants to use every person here. Period. Holy Ghost is my witness. Amen. I say it with that much that much confidence. Every one of you He wants to use mightily. Mightily. Yes, to teach a Bible study. Yes, yes, to witness. But I'm talking about so much greater than even that. I'm talking about use you to, to pray for someone and they get healing. Pray for someone and they receive the Holy Ghost. Pray for someone and, and, and their lives are transformed. Addictions are destroyed. That's what I'm talking about. God using you to speak prophetically into someone's life. Just let your imagination run wild. And it doesn't even scratch the surface of what God is wanting to do. So be free to imagine. Be free to think of the craziest stuff God might do through you. And then get ready for more. Amen. Let's try not to limit God. I know we're limited as human beings, but He's not limited by anything. And when He uses one of His children, He's not limited, except by our disobedience, our our rebellion, our our self-will. But if we'll keep telling Him yes, if we'll stay available, if we'll stay submitted to Him, there's nothing He can't do through you. Nothing at all. Amen. Amen. Jesus, You're an awesome God. I am so thankful for You. I'm so thankful for our future. We've experienced great and wondrous things in the past, but the best is yet to come. This end-time revival is going to be glorious, and I want to be right in the middle of it. I want to be in the dead center of it. Thou Most High God, I pray, let Your people be used mightily and gloriously in this to usher in Your kingdom. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, a blessing upon each person within the sound of my voice. Bring us back to your house at the day appointed. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your kind attention. Tuesday prayer, 7 o'clock. Wednesday service, 6.30 prayer, 7 o'clock service. Lord willing, and we have that long. God bless you.